Hello friends, Tom here. I am coming to you from my home. Uh, I have been battling COVID-19 the past uh, several days. Actually, my wife Ebony um, got it about a week ago and <clears throat> she spent about a week in bed and about, I don't know, a few days into her um, into her symptoms. Uh, I came down with it. And so uh, I am coming to you here from my house in quarantine. I'm still not out of the woods yet. Eb is doing much, much better. Um, you can probably hear from the sound of my voice. I'm still fighting through it. But thankfully, we are okay. We have what we need. So grateful. Um, many of you reaching out and communicating love and care and bringing meals by and um, man, being a part of the family of God uh, in the midst of discomfort and suffering is, is such a blessing. Um, and I just couldn't be more grateful to be part of this community. Now today, I, I'm still going to preach. Uh, today is going to be our third message in our Advent 2020 series. Each December, every single year as a church, uh, we spend um, the month of December uh, going through what's called an Advent series. And a little review for you. Advent, it comes from Latin roots, that word Advent. What it means is it means coming or arrival. And Advent, what it is, is it's the season where we count down the days until Christmas, the, 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 the celebration of the first coming of Jesus Christ. Now, um, we're going to wrap up our Advent series actually on Christmas Eve. With our restored family of churches, we're going to be doing a Christmas Eve service virtually. Uh, I want to encourage you to tune into that. The team's working hard putting all that together. And um, that'll be made available to you on our churches, on Restored Temecula's YouTube channel. You can go there. You can actually see it at the website as well, RestoredTemecula.com. But that'll be made available all day Christmas Eve. So you can you can tune in with your family in your living room at whatever time you'd like on Christmas Eve. But I want to encourage you to do that because we'll be wrapping up our series, our Advent 2020 series on Christmas Eve. So that being said, today we're going to be in Matthew chapter 1. Now, I'll be honest with you, I am not feeling great, but I'm going to preach my guts out anyway. So before I do that, I'm going to pray. So will you join me? Oh, Father, thank you for your goodness that's so present in our lives always. Thank you for your kindness, your grace, your mercy. Holy Spirit, I want to ask you now to help me make much of Jesus. Would you help me to serve and bless the people tuning in? Um, I really want to honor you, want to honor them. So would you be with us right now, Holy Spirit? Would you would you point us to Jesus and all of his glory and all of his beauty? Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Okay, so uh Matthew chapter one is where we're gonna to be today. And we're gonna to read chat, we're gonna read verses 18 through 23, so you can follow along with me. The words will be on the screen. Starting in verse 18 in Matthew chapter 1, it says this, The birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. Verse 19, So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife 
because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Pause really quick. That's what Jesus' name literally means, okay? Really quickly. In Hebrew culture, uh, you've heard me say this before. In Hebrew culture, a, a name is not just what you would call someone, like call out to them to get their attention. Their name was like the essence of who they were as a person, Okay, and Jesus, the name Jesus, what it literally means is Yahweh saves. Yahweh is the the God of the Bible. Okay, it means Yahweh saves. So in verse 21, when it says, she, Mary, will give birth to a son and you are to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. His name literally means that Yahweh, God, saves. Verse 22, let's keep going. Now, all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. This is Isaiah coming out of his writings in Isaiah chapter 7. Verse 23, see, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. Okay, no doubt this is a familiar passage for many of you. Um, now listen, no matter how familiar this passage is, man, every single time we read it, it never ceases to be profound. There's so much rich beauty. There's gold here. Okay. It speaks of this beautiful reality that Christians celebrate during Christmas time. Emmanuel, God is with us. Now, John Wesley, he is the famous founder of the Methodist movement, a a famous revivalist, his last recorded words were this, quote, the best of all is God is with us. So listen, this idea of Emmanuel, God is with us, is more than like a touching sentiment that we talk about during this time of year. It's the best part of Christianity. And not only is that, it's the best part of life itself. It's, it's best of all. So here's what I want to do. Um, for my time today, <clears throat> I want to talk about what it means that God is with us. Okay, I have three points for you. All right. <clears throat> now, because of COVID, uh, this year, many of us have been working remotely. Um, many of you working from home. That's been that's been my story, working from home. And at first, I was like, man, this is going to be great. Like, I can roll out of bed in my pajamas, make some coffee, and then just kind of work in a comfortable, you know, in, in comfortable clothes in a comfortable environment. And very quickly, I learned that there are significant challenges to working from home. Now, one of the things that was that was a challenge with this is I have children in my house, okay? And I would be, you know, busy, I'd be on the phone or or on the laptop responding to emails or putting out fires or counseling someone or sermon prep or developing different things and and I'm I'm most of the time I'm at home and I'm busy, I'm trying to get these things done. And I was home but to my kids, I wasn't present. That's a difficult thing for a child, right? I was nearby, but I wasn't with them, okay? God is with us. What it means 
is it means my first point is that he's not just nearby. Okay. He's not like just watching from a distance. He's not busy with other things. He's present. Christmas means God isn't just nearby. He's with you, my friend. Some of you need to hear that. But listen, how can a holy God be with sinful people? Right? How? By dealing with their sin once and for all. Look back at verse 21. We read it earlier. Verse 21. She, Mary, will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now that word save, it's the Greek word sozo. Okay, and what it means is to save or to deliver or to rescue. Now, if you have ever studied uh, any form of leadership, okay, there's tons of content out there on leadership, whether it's in the business world, obviously in the church world, um, in the family, in the household, all that stuff. If you've ever studied leadership of any kind, what you'll hear over and over again is that you got to have a goal. Okay, you have to have a goal. And what a goal is, is basically like, like a vision for what you ultimately want to accomplish. Okay. Many people will set goals uh, around New Year's, right? New Year's resolutions. The famous one is, you know, uh, my goal for, you know, the next year is to, is to lose weight. Okay. So once you have your goal from there, you can then like outline the objectives that you need to accomplish to see that goal become a reality. Right. So an example would be like, Let's say 2021, I'm setting the goal of I want to lose, you know, I want to lose 15 pounds. Okay, I want to lose 15 pounds in 2021. Your mission is different than your goal, okay? Your mission then becomes to exercise and to eat healthy every single day. And if you exercise and eat healthy every single day, you'll realize your goal of losing 15 pounds, right? Listen to me. Jesus Christ is the greatest leader of all time. No one even comes close, okay? And his mission, according to the scriptures, is seemingly impossible, okay? His mission, as we read it again in in verse 21, is to save his people from their sins. Now, we have the benefit of being on the other side of history of the cross, you know, so we know how he did this. Lived the perfect life in their place, died the death that they deserve on the cross, Right, So we know how he saved people from his sins. But listen, do you know why? The answer to that question, why, is oftentimes the most important question that you could have answered. Do you know why? Any mission, it serves the purpose of seeing the ultimate goal become a reality, right? So do you know what his goal was? Hopefully by now you do. It's what we've been talking about. His goal was to be with you. Saving his people with his very own blood. Taking the the, the punishment of their sin upon himself. That was the mission. But the mission served a greater purpose. It served the ultimate goal. To make a way for the holy God of the universe to be with you. And to be with me. Sinners in desperate need. To make a way to be with you without his holiness destroying us, right? Not just to be nearby, friends, but to be with you. Not like the dad who's working from home, who's not really present with his kids. He's not really with them. Not just nearby, 
but with you. My next point, God is with us. It means that you're never alone. You're never alone. No matter what you face, no matter what you're going through, you're never alone. Now, this truth has honestly taken on a bit of a special meaning for me personally. Uh, the last two weeks, my wife as well. You see, being quarantined in bed all by yourself for a week, uh, it can be a lonely place, okay? And as uncomfortable as it's been, Ebony and I were talking about this um, yesterday, actually. We are talking about how we cannot imagine how people are getting through the difficulties of 2020 alone. And like, hear me say this, there are a lot of people who are going at it alone. This year has been really hard on so many of us, but no matter how difficult it's gotten, there's a peace and a comfort in knowing that God is with us in it. As uncomfortable it is as it is laying in bed in pain because of COVID for a week, as awful as that is, there's a peace and there's a comfort that comes from knowing God is with me. It echoes that famous and beautiful line from Psalm 23. You've, you've heard it, you know, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? It says, because you're with me. You're with me. I think many of us would agree that this year has been one of those dark valleys in so many different ways. But what about you? What about right now in this season? What are you facing? Maybe it's awesome. I mean, maybe it's wonderful. Maybe it's like a mountaintop experience, right? Or maybe it's not. Maybe it's one of those deep, dark valleys. It's painful. And there's uncertainty and there's discomfort. Whatever it is that you're facing, my friend, the good, the bad, and the ugly, here's my question for you. Are you facing it alone? Are you going at it alone? Because listen, you are not supposed to, okay? (laughs) You'll get to like page two in the Bible where you'll read, it's not good for man to be alone. You're not supposed to be alone. Friends, Christmas means that no matter what, you're never alone. Why? God is with you. Now, have you ever walked into a room where you are certain that every single person in that room didn't like you or didn't want you there? I have. It is a really uncomfortable experience. Uh, I wouldn't want that for anyone. When I was in college, uh, Ebony and I, we got invited to um, a party. And... (laughs) And we get invited to this party and it's from a, 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 like a long time friend. Um, not a super close friend, but a friend nonetheless that I, a guy that I had gone to like elementary school with. Okay. So I've known this guy for years, decades at that point, right? A decade at that point, maybe a little more than that. And he actually lived two streets over from me in my house that I grew up in. Right. So, and I've been to his house growing up and very familiar. Like I said, it was two streets over. And so we get invited to this, this party and we show up, <clears throat> um, it's on a weekend, right? So it's, it's at night. So we, we pull up and it's like hard to find parking. We're like we see the house. I'm like, man, this thing's cranking. There's a lot of people here. 
So we pull up to the house, uh, have a hard time finding parking. So we park up the street, make our way down. And, and we can just see like this, the house is full of people. And so I'm not, you know, I'm not going to like ring the doorbell. No one's going to hear it. So I just, I walk inside. And if you've ever seen those movies, it happens all the time in movies where like you hear the record scratch, you know, that noise, you hear the record scratch and like everyone gets quiet, the music turns off and everybody looks at you. It was like that. It was like, I walked into this house, this hopping party, um, and I look around and everyone's looking at me and they do not have like pleasant looks on their faces and I don't recognize a single person in this house. Well, <clears throat> it turns out that the house that he grew up in, he no longer lives at. And he moved uh, about a block and a half down the street. So the invite to the party that had the address with the street on it, I don't, I'm not looking at the address. I'm looking at, oh, he lives at the same street. He's at the same house that he's always been at. So we walk into seemingly thinking it's his house. It is not his house. Uh, it was, it was needless to say, it was clear that in the moment that I walked in that house, I was not welcome. Okay. Now here's what I want you to do. I want you to imagine in the same way I walk into that house and nobody wants me there. Yeah. It's very clear. I'm not welcome. Forget a house. Imagine coming to an entire planet where nobody wants you there where every person rejects you, where every person sins against you. Why would anyone step, step foot into that kind of environment? Listen to me, friends. I want you to consider the lengths that God has gone to to be with you. I mean, he left the perfection of heaven. Okay, you have... You have the Son of God being glorified eternally by God the Father and God the Spirit. You have, you have an army of angels that are worshiping him nonstop. Okay? Heaven. The perfection of heaven. Why would Jesus leave the perfection of heaven to come to earth where he's rejected by everyone? Not just a, a room full of people, but a planet full of people. Why? Listen to me, because of his love for and desire to be with you. That's my final point here. God is with us. It means that you are loved and you are desired. And isn't that the desire of every human heart to be loved and to be desired, to be wanted, to be needed? Now, listen, here's the most radical part about this. His love for you and his desire to be with you. It isn't dependent on you. It isn't dependent on how many good days you have. It isn't dependent on how many bad days you have. It isn't dependent on you. It's who he is. It's his name. It's his essence. He's Jesus. Yahweh saves. He's Emmanuel. God is with us. So friends, do you realize what this means? His love for you and his desire to be with you is the same on your worst day as it is on your best day. It's who he is. And he's unchanging. Christmas means that you are supremely loved and you are passionately desired, my friend. 
So I'll close with this. If you hear me say anything in all this, friends, God desires to be with you every moment, okay? And he's gone to great lengths to do so. That's what Christmas is all about. The beautiful reality of Christmas, all the lengths that God has gone to to be with you. God giving the greatest gift that's ever been given himself. And he gives it to you. He wants to be with you, not just nearby. So here's my question. What's keeping you from being with him? Make no mistake. Being with him will cost you something. There are things you will have to give up. There are things you will have to walk away from. There are things you will have to cease and stop doing. It will cost you something, but listen to me. No matter what it costs you, it costs him more. Jesus says in John chapter 6, verse 37, he says, Everyone the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, listen to this, I will never cast out. Never. So listen to me, no matter what you've done, no matter what's been done to you, no matter how many times you've messed up, Jesus says, if you come to him, he will never cast you out. He will never cast you away. It's a promise. Friends, Christmas is all about, <clears throat> Christmas is about all that God has been through to give us himself, to be with us. And as beautiful as that is, as best of all as that is, it's only when we respond by giving ourselves to him that we experience life the way it was intended and meant to be experienced, life with him. That's my prayer for you this Christmas, to live a life with him. That's my prayer for me, life with him. That's his invitation. That's the beauty of Christmas. God is with us. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for the lengths that you've gone to for sending your son to live the perfect life in our place, to die the death that we deserve in our place. Holy Spirit, thank you for residing in every single person who trusts in you, who comes to you, Jesus. My prayer is for anybody um, listening to this now, um, if there's something keeping them, holding them back from coming to you, Jesus, I pray that they would hear the still small voice of your spirit inviting them time and time again Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give them rest. So Jesus, we pray that this Christmas reality of Emmanuel, of you being with us, would give us deep, profound rest that transcends our circumstances, whether we are sick in bed with COVID, whether we are economically challenged, whether we are anxious or afraid, or whether we are at peace, no matter what our circumstances, the reality of you and the lengths that you've gone to to be with us would give us a deep soul rest. Let us enjoy you this Christmas. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for coming. Thank you for Advent. Thank you for your arrival. 
And we anxiously anticipate your second coming, your second advent. We bless your name, Jesus, and we love you. Amen. Friends, what I'm going to do now is give you an opportunity to respond to the goodness of God. The band is going to, um, they're going to lead us in a time of praise, of responding by worshiping, ascribing worth to Jesus. Won't you come to him now? Won't you bring your heart to him now um, and enjoy him and praise? Love you guys very much. Grace and peace.